It is Friday the 28th of June 2019. My name is Jeremy Medlin and welcome to episode 46 of the Stock Market Movers podcast. Just a quick reminder that nothing that I say today should be considered financial advice. And if you're looking for financial advice, I recommend that you speak to an authorised financial advisor. Before I get started, I put the word out on Facebook and Twitter accounts during the week for opinions on, on which guests to get on the podcast next. I've got a, a range of suggestions as to possible guests and I, I reached out to them all so hopefully we'll, we'll get some good guests on the podcast over the next little while. This is a, apart from Warren Buffett who I think I'd be unable to get in touch with although if, if someone does have Warren's number do feel free to send it send an email to jeremy at stockmarketmovers.co.nz and I'll definitely reach out to him. And this, this if, if you do not follow us on Facebook and Twitter, is the obviously the, the kind of magic you're missing out on those pages. So, so get on the social media and, and support the podcast would be much appreciated. Also, I've never asked for this before because I never really thought about it, but leave us a, a rating and review online or on iTunes or something like that. It goes a long way to supporting what we do here as well and, and get the name out there and more people listening, which is which is good. Um, so got a lot to get to on this episode. We're going to talk about Green Cross, uh, Fletcher Building, Main Freight, Till Logistics, but I'll start with New Zealand King Salmon. They trade on the NZX under the ticker code NZK. I think I've spoken about them before on the podcast, but the clue to what they do is in the name. They they grow, actually I'm not sure if grow's the right word, maybe they farm, but I'm not really sure that's the right word either, but I'll, I'll stick with grow. They grow salmon in Marlborough. Um They then sell salmon to people and people eat them, so pretty easy company to understand. They're a reasonably well-known company. They've been listed since 2016, and they have a market cap of, well actually when I, when I wrote down notes for the show, they have a they had a market cap of just under three hundred million, um, but the, I see that's been slashed down to to two hundred fifty nine million now. So it's, you know, it shows how quickly the stock market can move a transfer. And that, that's not forty million dollars lost, by the way. That's more just a, I guess, a transfer of wealth. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so they, they've. They've been listed since 2016. They've delivered a pretty decent return for shareholders, all in all. Not really this week, but all in all. So the stock, it's it's been extremely volatile, and this week's no exception over the last year or so. I, I like volatility as it often provides opportunities to buy stocks. So a business like NZK has a few things that are outside of its control, such as say sea temperatures or, or government regulation you know maybe they can influence the government on some things but they certainly can't control the sea temperature you know they can adapt to the sea temperature they can do other things but they can't control it and at the moment these sorts of things have been impacting the stock price you know with people either buying or selling based off the interpretation of events and these sorts of events are in my opinion part and parcel of holding a, a stock like this and it it can be expected going forward. So that's not necessarily a, a, a bad thing. I think if you're owning a company like, like NZK, you can expect the occasional perhaps regular up and down in the business such as this. So anyway, the company provided guidance for the 2020 financial year and forecasts EBITDA of between 25 and 28.5 million. So it might be of a surprise to listeners, but I have to be honest to say that I don't really know that much about salmon farming and, and, and the costs 
involved, but I imagine that there is a lot of real economic depreciation in their plants and equipment. So at the end of the day, their, their stuff is in the sea and is subject to the damage that the sea and salt invariably causes on things. So they have re- recorded a around a $5 million depreciation charge in the last two years. So we can probably assume that this will occur again. And looking at their capital expenditures, it could actually be higher than this, although it's hard for me to tell at a high level what what of this is investment and growth and what is this, that stuff that needs to be continually updated and replaced. So it's a difficult one. And just figuring out there sort of what their bottom line will be, if we keep financial and tax constant in our assumptions, then... Numbers will be around the same or slightly lower than the 2018 full year. The, the company said that harvest vol- volumes will be very slightly above 2019, that's a 2020 tax year, um, at 8,000 megatons. Due to seasonality, they expect sales to be weighted towards the second half of 2020. So they're assuming average sea temperatures. You know, they have to make these predictions, but I guess it's not something they can fully control. They said that they will spend $17 million in CapEx in 2019 and $20 million in 2020. It sort of goes back to what I said before. Some of this seems to be to facilitate future growth, while other parts of it includes upgrade and existing sites, which I think will be an ongoing thing. So it's one of those things for this sort of company. It's not a bad thing. It's just something you need to factor into your valuation that they're going to have to keep on spending money. It's just one of those things. So they'll always need to fix, upgrade and repair and expand its current facilities just to maintain its future operations. And and in most cases, this, this money is on top of money that they need to spend to grow. So they'll have certain fixed capital expenditures almost that they have to do every year. Um, and then they'll need to spend more money on top of that to grow. So you just need to factor that into your valuation when you're looking at companies like New Zealand King Salmon. The next company that I'm going to talk about is Green Cross Health. The stock trades on the NZX under the ticker code GXH, I think, and I think it's the first time we may have spoken about this company on the podcast, so a new one for listeners if you haven't already heard of it. Um, they're a retailer of pharmacies. If you haven't if you haven't heard of the company itself, you'll, you'll no doubt know some of their, their brands, maybe Unichem and Life Pharmacy, for example. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're pretty reasonably well-known pharmacy brands, and chances are you've You've been into one of those in the past, or there's one nearby or something like that. So it's it's fair to say that they have underperformed the wider market over the last couple of years. And this is not this is a trend in, in pharmacy that's not unique to New Zealand. So if you look at some of the big pharmacy resellers in the United States, for example, say your Walgreens, Boots, Alliance, and your CVSs, these stocks have been underperformers as well of the wider market. And the consequence of this is that these stocks are quantitatively at least, that they're cheap. Um, qualitatively, it, it might be a different story. So the first thing is that pharmacies in South, it's, it's not a growth industry. You know, pharmacies have, have pretty much established, have grown to the penetration society that, they, that they're going to grow. And, you know, there'll be, there'll be new store openings as populations grow and everything like that. But it's not like a, a twenty five percent year growth story or anything like that. So the the products inside the pharmacies of co- pharmacies, of course, they're always changing and evolving. But it's not like new pharmacies are, 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 are popping up everywhere in, in retail places in the same way that I guess you know, vaping shops have over the last few years. You know, 
you know, when a new mall opens, for example, it'll have a pharmacy. When you know, a new shopping area opens, it'll have a pharmacy and everything like that. But it's not like they're, they're, they're popping up and opening up next door to, to each other and everything like that. So it's not it's not a 15% growth business, is, is what I'm trying to say. So if you do want to grow in the pharmacy business, so if, if you're thinking of setting up your own pharmacy as an example, you're... The, the business that you're generating is probably taking market share from somewhere else. So what you have seen is competition, is more competition in the space from online retailers and discount pharmacies and everything like that. And the stock market is, is pricing in at these sorts of levels more competition in, in the future. Um, and, and pharmacies by nature are a low margin business. So when dealing with competition, it often has... An impact on margins because one of the best ways to differentiate yourself when you're selling the same products as someone else is by reducing the price. So anyway, I'm getting a little bit distracted by the industry and forgetting about the company. Just browsing over the annual report, I think it, it looked pretty good all in all considering the environment. Profits are largely largely in line with last year, although on a per share basis, this is slightly diluted because the company had 141 million shares outstanding last year compared to 143 million shares this year. And I try to nail it home as, as often as possible, but dilution does matter. It, it, it absolutely matters. And let's just calculate for example, you can calculate it precisely as well. And we'll, we'll calculate how much difference it's made in, in Green Cross just in the last year. So the Green Cross until... As, as of Thursday, um, they have a market cap of 168 million and, and change, nearly 169 million, and divided into 141 million shares in 2018 is $1.19 per share. So the stock currently trades at $1.18 per share because they're now 143 million shares outstanding. So you take 169 million market cap and divide it by 143 million and you get $1.18 per share. So that's only one cent per share, but it does add up to a large amount if you do that every year. So that that's the cost of dilution for, for shareholders, essentially. That's, that's the way I look at it anyway. And obviously, if... If you were using that dilution, to the, this is where it gets a bit tricky. If you're, if that, if that dilution is producing you more than one cent per share in value, which in Green Cross, Green Cross's case, it, it it may very well be. If that's delivering you more than one cent per share in value over the course of the year, then it's worth it. But it's very difficult to measure that. So, it it, it does add up over time. I'm not picking on Green Cross here. Um, most New Zealand companies. Slip, slip, slip in dilution to their shareholders and and do not talk about it. Um, you know, I think if if companies are doing that, you, you want to you want to see them tell you what they're delivering you for their dilution. You know, if if they feel like that dilution is of of one cent per share is deliver them five cents a share in, in profit, then it's certainly worth it. So, it's just about communication in that front. I think. So I, I do know that there are a few companies that are starting to buy back their shares recently. Sky City is an example of one, and in general, I welcome that. And Fletcher Building actually announced during this week, and that they they were announcing a share buyback. And to, if if you're listening, you probably know that I'm not really good at topic transitions, and this is probably my best one ever. Um, they they announced an on market buyback of three hundred million. New Zealand dollars. So based on today's market cap, they're buying back about 7% of their outstanding shares. So they're using, they're getting this money from 
from the cash from a completion of the full microcell. And that, that was about $1.2 billion. So they will also repay about $600 million in debt over the next 12 months as well. And this has to be a good thing for shareholders of Fletcher Building. It means that the next time they find themselves in trouble, which generally happens in construction, not unique to Fletcher Building, maybe they won't have to go and ask the market for more money through a capital raise because they'll have a bit more in the in the kitty, so to speak, with, with debt. So they also confirmed earnings before. EBIT, which is earnings before interest and tax, and they put in brackets before significant items, so expect some significant items. So they reported EBIT of 620 to 650 million. So if those numbers are sustainable, then the stock like Greencross is is also cheap. Um, yeah, so, oh, anyway, by the way, before we move on, I love that the Fletcher CEO is called Ross Taylor. Um, for, for those that are new to the podcast, I always try to slip in cricket references wherever possible. If you don't know who Ross Taylor is, never mind. Anyway, Fletcher also released the annual report during the week. I haven't had a look at it yet, but we might might get into that into a future episode. Fletcher, of course, is one of New Zealand's most important companies. It's big, it's bad, and it's in the public eye. Well, I don't mean it bad in the in a bad way, but you know what I mean. It's a, it's a big, well-known company. Another one of those companies is Main Freight. I don't talk about it much on the podcast. They, they trade on the NZX under the ticker code MFT, by the way. They sort of slip under the radar, and, and that, is co- that is, of course, if you don't own the stock. And if you own, own the stock, you, it, it's probably the best thing since sliced bread. They're one of the best companies that the NZX has ever seen. And from a personal perspective, I remember looking at the stock when it was $10 per share and, and decided to pass. And, you know, it used to be a lot less than that as well. You know, there's been some long-term holders in that stock that have literally made fortunes. So the stock is now $40 per share and the market valuation is $4 billion. Valuation-wise, as a comparison, Fletcher is, is valued at $4.2 billion, so around the same. And Main Freight has been getting it done for its shareholders for a long period of time. And this has just been on the back of just consistent and relentless underlying growth for a long period of time. You know, you're not seeing the 70% growths or anything like that, but it's just consistent high single digits, low double digits growth. And the revenue growth is, is typically translated to higher numbers in the bottom line as well. So just reading the 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 numbers off the front page of the annual report, group operating profit was up sorry, operating revenue was up twelve point nine percent to just under three billion. EBITDA up twenty percent to two hundred and fifty seven million. Group net profit before abnormals, I'm, I'm not sure what abnormals are I didn't didn't have time to look into it in detail, up 26% to 141 million. They employ a lot of people as well. So they have over 8,000 team members across 260 branches in 24 countries. So they are an example of a New Zealand international success story. You know, they they also put their average annual return on investment over the last 10 years at at 27.9%. Careful when you look at these sorts of numbers. A lot of people make the mistake of of extrapolating that out into the future. It is, of course, unlikely that they can deliver the same performance over the next ten years. You know, if, if they do, the shareholders will be will be happy, and it, <laughs> the company will be valued at something like forty billion dollars or something like that, which is you know unlikely but not impossible. And I think partly because of how how consistently good the company has been, the stock isn't cheap now. It, it's pr- it's priced on to on an operating cash flow multiple of around twenty times. So when you take off capital expenditures, which is a a real thing for a heavy a capital heavy company like Main Freight, it gets even higher. So 
as I mentioned before, the stock looked like that to me at $10 per share, so perhaps pay no mind to what I have to say. Although what I would say is that one day in the future, maybe the distant future, maybe the not-too-distant future, there'll be an opportunity when the environment the operating environment for main freight changes even temporarily and my bet is there will be a, a good opportunity one day to buy the stock for a lot cheaper and, and that could be a, a great opportunity as well. So doesn't mean they, they won't keep getting it done, could be a great time to buy the stock right now. As I said, I thought that at $10 a share, it's $40 per share and you know I'm, I'm sitting here with the egg on my face, so what can I say? So that's that's one big logistics company will we'll transition into another one here they've been on point tonight haven't they um till logistics they they released their full year 2019 guidance and a short update so till trades on the nzx under the ticker code tll so put simply tll is a trucking company they were created through a, a series of mergers to get where they are now so is it there's for those that don't know, there's literally hundreds of, maybe thousands, I don't actually know, hundreds of, of trucking companies, we'll say hundreds, in New Zealand. So it's an industry that is consolidating. So you could say this company is sort of just a, essentially a, a consolidation. And I imagine they'll continue to consolidate and suck up other brands as well. They operate a few different brands. Um, they expect the EBITDA guidance to be in line with what they'd previously quoted, so that's between 28 and 32 million. Obviously, in my opinion, I say obviously, but at least in my opinion, EBITDA is a pretty useless metric for a, com- a trucking company, in my view. And trucks, and you know, trucks, not just trucks, but vehicles, you know, from your car, you know, they, they depreciate. So trucks and their associated infrastructure depreciates as well. And depreciation in the in the case of a trucking company is, is a true economic cost. You know, they, they expect, so it, it, you can't, so when you say EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxation, depreciation, amortization, you, you can't really exclude the depreciation in my view because it's, it's a real thing. Anyway, they expect net profit after tax to be in the range of 6.8 to 7.1 million. Revenue has been slightly higher in, in the second half of the year and the the net profit guidance excludes the hopefully one-off cost from some warehouse relocations that they expect to have a considerable impact at least for the couple of months that they happen so the company also expects to pay a final dividend of two and a half cents per share this will bring the total dividend to five cents per share which plops the company at around about a 3.8 percent dividend yield so it's an interesting company to to look into if you're interested in the, the trucking and 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 transportation sector, as is main freight, which is obviously a, 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 a much, or maybe not a much larger version, but a much larger company anyway. So that's that's about all we have time for today on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen listen in. As, nothing, as, as a reminder, nothing that I said today should be considered financial advice. And if you're looking to find out more about the podcast, go to www.stockmarketmovers.co.nz. As I mentioned briefly last week, I have made some updates to the website. There's a blog and some other features on there now. So jump on there and have a look or find it and give it a like by searching on Facebook. Please also share it with your friends and leave a rating and review as well. If you want to email me, it is jeremy at stockmarketmovers.co.nz. Please do email me. I don't get enough emails from listeners. Once again, my name is Jeremy Medlin and this has been episode 46 of the Stock Market Movers podcast for Friday the 28th of June 2019. We'll see you all again next week.